Welcome back to another episode of the Supporting Your Goal with Karis podcast. I'm Karis Saunders and today we're chatting to Ruth from Ruth Osborne Art. She creates beautiful artwork all on Irish linen and honestly it is just absolutely stunning. We spoke about the story of linen in Northern Ireland, some of the community workshops that she does and also some wedding commissions which just sound beautiful. So do make sure go over all things will be linked in the episode notes. So go over and have a little nosy at her work and let's go chat to her. I'm Ruth and I live in County Down in a little village called White Rock. So that's beside Stanford Lock, which is lovely. And um, I'm married with uh, two kids and two cats. I suppose I came to creating artwork through a slightly non-traditional route in that I studied art at school but didn't go to art college. Okay. I uh, went to university and did history of art um, and and actually theatre studies as well. Um, Art college was always like my aspiration. It was my dream to Mm -hmm. potentially do that one day. While I was studying art history, it kind of made sense to me to continue to develop my own creative practice while doing that. So I, I did courses with Belfast Met and I did courses with different print workshops did courses with uh, various different arts organisations. So I was always kind of developing my ideas and my practice and having creative exploration. And I think that really helped with my art history degree as well. And after that, I did a postgrad over in Scotland, where I did lots of nice printmaking courses as well. And then started working in the heritage sector, primarily in museums. But I was very lucky in that I fell into jobs that required creativity. So required me to do to deliver creative workshops, art workshops alongside more heritage-based programs and education programs. So I got an opportunity to start using some of my skills and continued developing those. When I, I lived in the south of Ireland, I lived in Scotland, I lived in Northern Ireland. So always attending courses and kind of just trying to further my ideas. And eventually, through doing that, I decided to start exhibiting my work. I got an invitation to exhibit. Um, and that really was what kickstarted me to really try and take the creation of my own work more seriously and professionally. And it just really built from there. So it was really from about 2018 that I kind of got the confidence and I suppose the feedback that I was looking for to kind of to validate the idea that I should uh, start to do that professionally. And for a while I did that primarily alongside kind of what my, my role in the heritage sector until eventually uh, with motherhood and various other changes the creation of artwork and the running of my own creative workshops became my kind of primary focus I suppose yeah that's kind of quite a long-winded story (laughs) but it's sort of it's kind of the journey that I went on and then obviously family life and where I live they kind of inspire me and I, I try to balance out kind of family life alongside running workshops and creating work for sale and exhibition and taking on commissions so it's a bit of a juggle sometimes. So you create the most beautiful artwork on Irish linen how did that come about was it just as you said like working in the heritage sector and, and yeah kind of yeah. talk us through it. It kind of was so when I was doing um, a range of different courses in printmaking obviously you go and you kind of work with printmakers and print workshops and I got the opportunity to use fabric as part of that and it's kind of like block printing or screen printing and um, had the opportunity to use materials and I was always quite drawn to textiles I, I think because 
mum was a hand spinner, so she was always okay. working with wool yarn. Uh, she knew how to spin flax into linen thread. She did weaving. So I think textiles was always sort of in my kind of mind as something that I was interested in. But it definitely was when I was working in a local museum and was working with the collections of those museums, um, particularly the textile collections, and kind of coming up with ideas for projects and ways that we could use the collections to inspire communities or do education programs. And really just the history of Irish linen just was so fundamental to the story of many of the items in that collection. And I got to work with curators who knew a lot about the linen story, see photographs from the archive. And that just kind of sent my mind racing like this story of Irish <laughs> linen that weaves its way, sorry for the pun, but weaves its way through family stories, through towns and cities and countryside and small villages and rural areas. So many parts of Northern Ireland are tied into that linen story, whether it be from a town having a former mill or there having been a family connection or just owning pieces of linen. The primary school that I went to, our sports day was always held on a former bleaching green where linen would have been bleached. So I just okay. feel like this story of linen that runs through so much of our area, of our country. The more I experimented with it, the more I find it, for me, much more aesthetically pleasing with the way it holds colour and texture and pattern and marks. Ever so slightly abstracts the printmaking process and adds its own sort of layer of texture, which I really liked as well. Amazing. I assume you do all your printing on the linen or do you have to literally hand paint everything? Oh, no, I do both processes. I would work up layers through painting but then I would also print over those layers in, in different media. Uh, so it could be lino, a lot of monoprint, uh, relief printing, and then more kind of hand-painted layers as well. So it's a nice combination of different processes. So I'm definitely not a purist when it comes to a process. I like to combine lots of different things. And then, of course, I work with plant material as well for mark making. So it's a real hybrid form of working, but I suppose that makes it quite unique to me, which is nice. Yeah. So how do you come up with your different designs and your different products and everything? Because you do have a bit of a range. And one thing I love is that everything is completely unique. Yeah. So it depends if I'm just making work that I'm going to maybe exhibit or sell. It will depend on what sort of themes I'm thinking of. So if I'm sort of thinking, okay, I'm going to look at the season of autumn, then it will be colour palettes and textures and compositions that I've maybe sketched through or photographed kind of around the countryside, around the local mm-hmm. area. Or it might be that I'm exploring something more uh, to do with, say, folklore. So I, I recently did an exhibition just sort of back at the start of 2022, and it was all looking at tree folklore in Ireland and kind of the story of trees and their uses um, in ancient Ireland and kind of the, the way that trees were integral to the sort of the laws of the land. Um, so my work was kind of tied to that research. So it really just depends what I'm focusing on. Or if, say, a particular gallery or shop has asked for work, I might know if they're, say, in the Strangford Lock area, well, I'll know that I, I can create some nice shoreline pieces that draw upon the landscape because they'll represent the area, the geographical area where that place is, that shop is located. And then for commissions, it's really just a process of working with the client, whether they be like a corporate client or a private individual and identifying what they're interested in, in the colour palette, themes, where the work to hang what mood they want to set and then and just working from there 
And I suppose most of my work tends to be framed artwork um, mm-hmm. or wall panels. But every so often I kind of do like to dip into kind of homeware. So I create the little votive tea light holders mm-hmm. and cushions and some table linens like napkins. And that's really, they are about, I suppose, making the type of work that I like to produce a little bit more accessible. But it also gives me a bit of diversity so I can kind of jump from making artwork to making homeware and keeps things varied for me, which... I find is quite important. No, absolutely. Um, so I saw earlier this year you did some little votives for a wedding. How was that? Oh, that was lovely. So I got contacted by a bride who was getting married in Castle Leslie Estate. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, which is such a nice venue. It's lovely. And um, she basically wanted to have some of my uh, votives displayed um, on the tables during the wedding and then given to, I guess, members of the bridal party or people who kind of help with the wedding planning as thank you gifts. Mm-hmm. She was brilliant, such a relaxed bride, essentially gave me her colour palette that she was using, which was a real lovely sort of relaxed country colour palette, really suited the location of Castle Leslie. So kind of greens and sort of hints of reds and sort of sort of colours really really nice and um, just said to me just you know create some votives so I mocked up one just to sort of give her an idea of what they would look like and and she liked it and then I printed the rest of them but each one's different so when I work with uh, customers who are maybe commissioning a set of votives I always have to be clear that we can keep the colour palette the same and you know if I'm bringing in ivy leaves or ferns or berries they'll all feature but each one will be slightly different yeah. and that's what makes them unique so that means then whoever the the bride and groom give those um votives to it means they're getting like a, a unique gift yeah that was a really lovely one to work on yeah like they are absolutely stunning and it must have been so special to know all like say the bridal party they've got something completely unique you know because it was a commission kind of as well and then the fact yeah. that every product is different like it must have been so so nice I think it was lovely as well because the attendees were coming from all over the world so there was people oh, from wow. Malaysia uh, people from Europe people coming from England so it was like a nice little bit of Irish heritage going back yeah. to them where they lived um, around the world so I think that was kind of what made it quite special as a wedding gift oh that is amazing what would an average day look like for you then do you do this full time yeah yeah, I do. I mean, I also take on projects, community arts projects. So mm-hmm. every day of the week is not dedicated to creating my own work. I might be working with a community group on an artwork or perhaps working with um, individuals from a community setting or organisation, teaching them some printmaking or kind of exploring a theme. So, yeah, it's pretty much full time for me. Um, but I have to balance that with also um, delivering the community engagement side mm-hmm. of the work that I do. And then also I, I have children. So it's a, a bit of a juggle between childcare, the days that I have childcare. So there's a lot of evening work that happens as well. If, say, for example, they, they aren't in childcare, then I'll kind of split my day slightly differently. So I'll be with them during the day and then I'll work in the evening. So there's no typical day. There's no typical day. I do try to, especially coming up to busy times like Christmas, mm-hmm. I do try to make sure that a couple of months in the run up to that, you know, I'm affording myself at least kind of four full days um, a week to keep on top of the Christmas commissions and the stock going off to shops and stock for markets and things. But there really is no typical day. 
and it's very <laughs> responsive. You know, an email will come in and all of a sudden that will kind of maybe change the course of what you expected to do. Like today I was doing deliveries all morning to different places and keeping places topped up with some stock. So that was the nice thing to do. And it's good to go out and talk to kind of gallery owners and shop owners and keep in touch with them. Then I might be setting up an exhibition or taking down an exhibition and then prepping for a workshop. So yeah, every day is just a little bit different. Very exciting. Well, what kind of community work do you do, if you don't mind me asking? So it really varies. At the minute, it would primarily be working with community groups. So they could be groups that are just, say, like a local women's group from Mm -hmm. a specific area, or they could be attached to a women's centre. It's quite often women's groups I work with. So uh, there'd be a range of women's centres across the province, and a lot of those centres will have funding or schemes of work, Mm -hmm. uh, which are about offering creative projects or creative engagement opportunities. So I would work with those sorts of groups, maybe coming in for four weeks, like one day a week, and looking at a different printmaking method, or perhaps exploring nature printing, or a linen project where we look at a bit of the history of linen and then do some artwork using linen. It really just depends. And then I would also work with charities that maybe offer programs for service users. Um, So it could be like mental health charities or wellbeing support groups. It really just depends. And those tend to be really interesting, really nice projects where you get to know the participants and you can be quite responsive to their ideas. Um, So you might come up with an overarching theme and an, an idea for what we'll do over the weeks, but then you're responsive as you sort of get to know the participants and find out what they're enjoying, what they want a bit more of towards creating like a group artwork that can be Mm -hmm. hung in a community centre or a community venue. But then other times it's just about creating something for people to take home and kind of be proud of. That is so, so lovely. So, so sweet that you do it. Yeah, it's it's a really nice aspect of the work and it kind of takes you away from being so bogged down in your own creative practice and gives you a little bit of kind of headspace. And then you can come back to it and get stuck into your own work again. So it's it's a good balance and definitely always keen to keep working with different community groups. That's so, so nice. Earlier you mentioned about getting ready for Christmas, the big C word that's coming soon. Do you have anything coming soon or do you coming for Christmas that you can give us a little teaser for? Well, I'll be doing a lot of markets. Coming up to Christmas, I've already started scheduling those in. I don't think the dates for a lot of these venues have been publicly advertised yet, so I, I won't reveal any of them. Yes, just no, that's I'm, fine, I'm don't worry. But there will be a lot of markets. Um, okay. I'll hopefully have some new Z-Clay prints, which are really high-quality prints of my original artwork. So I'll hopefully be launching a few of those in the run-up to Christmas as well. And again, that just means the artwork's a little bit more affordable than an original. And um, it means that there's multiples of it as well. So I can maybe say do a limited edition run of prints that have like 30 or 50 prints in the print run. So yeah, and then I have probably a nice range of winter themed votives coming out. Um, Again, that will be a a limited range because each one's unique. So I don't do hundreds. So I'm hoping to have a nice set of those with kind of a you know wintry foliage theme and then I'm putting together some ideas for little winter gift boxes that I make every year featuring some cards hand printed decorations and a little linen artwork it's really hard thinking about winter because it's like today specifically is so hot (laughs) so I mean and to be honest with you I think thinking about winter in August I'm actually probably a bit behind I probably should have started thinking (laughs) about winter two months ago but anyway that's where we are So yeah, a couple of nice, lovely new things coming for the Christmas season. 
very exciting I cannot wait to see I already started to plan my Christmas presents and <laughs> everything like that so don't worry I've been thinking about Christmas for ages and everybody's like you need to calm down I know but I do find that when I go to markets people are always scoping out like ideas for Christmas like some people, some people are very organized compared yes. to me <laughs> Do you have any idea of where you would like to be in the future? Do you like five years time? What would be the big dream? Oh my goodness, that is such a such a hard question. I would definitely like to be continuing to do what I'm doing because yeah. I'm, I do really enjoy it. So I would like to see in five years time that I'm still making my own work mm-hmm. and that I'm still delivering the community arts side of my role as well. I'd definitely like to keep both of those on. I think I found doing my exhibition at the start of this year, start of 2022, that I really started to explore some themes that were really of interest to me and some processes that were really of interest to me and that I'd touched upon before but hadn't really explored fully. So that's kind of working with plant dyes, natural dyes, processes like eco-printing. So I think over the next five years, I would definitely like to see those become a greater part of the work that I produce. Um, And I'd probably like to be pushing the scale of my work to make larger scale exhibition pieces. I'd definitely like to be exhibiting a bit more. Um, At the minute, I kind of feel I have capacity to take on a couple of exhibitions a year. Not solo exhibitions, maybe one solo one and a couple of group ones. But Mm -hmm. I would like to be maybe exhibiting more widely and sort of have the confidence to apply to kind of more international exhibition opportunities as well which is something that I think over the next five years I'll, I'll definitely be working on. That is so so exciting I love that you've got some big dreams for the business and do you know what they're not even it's hard to say like you know, they're not even that big but they're obviously big dreams but I think they're definitely achievable which is so so sweet. Yeah I'm definitely not one of those people who's like I'm going to have a global empire and <laughs> my work will be I suppose I probably have aspirations that are can maybe perhaps slightly harder to attain but in terms of ones that I feel are achievable it's definitely about skills development pushing the scale and complexity of my work and pushing myself to kind of take risks and apply for opportunities that are outside of my comfort zone and I think that leads to opportunities as well. No absolutely well Ruth just to finish up then what would be your favorite local business if you can pick one? Oh my goodness that's a really hard one there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) So another maker I have a lot of favorites. Okay. I have a lot of favorites particularly in the world of kind of the visual arts but I'll go for something that's sort of completely out of my field. Okay. I really admire the the bearded candle makers so Mm -hmm. I really enjoy Michael's. I love his candles but I like the ethos of their mm-hmm. business and the way it's curated, the brand, uh, the stories that get told. It doesn't feel like everything is done for the purpose of business. It feels like mm-hmm. it's done for the purpose of passion and authenticity and um, just a real love of nature, um, and of, of experiences and of scent and sharing experiences. Sort of yeah. a very convoluted expression, but that's definitely a business that I admire because it is so much more than a business, if that makes sense. But there's hundreds of makers that I admire <laughs> and lots of people that, you know, I'd be so overwhelmed to meet in person <laughs> rather than just liking and commenting on their posts on Instagram. 
But I definitely uh, find that with the bearded candle makers, I'm always really interested to kind of read about their journey and what they're up to and enjoy their products as well. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah, Michael is amazing. Like his candles smell unreal and he's just the nicest person ever. He is the nicest person ever and has given me lots of lovely advice on Aww. different as well. So always, oh, so um, always nice to bump into him at markets. Yes. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so lovely to chat to you today. Yes, you too. Um, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Isn't Ruth so lovely? I honestly cannot wait to see what she creates for Christmas. And if you enjoyed this episode, do please go give us a little rating, review, let me know what you think. And I'll be back next week with a brand new episode.